1: Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K
3: TV you've been waiting for. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal
4: Shaw, live from the Circa Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm, and he is Amal Shaw. Amal, week three in the NFL, in the books. Overall takeaways.
4: Well, i tell you what, I was surprised when you look at it uh, that I'm just going from a survivor perspective that some people actually had games that lost because I thought this was the easiest week of the season. The first six picks all came through, even though the Ravens, it took a miracle 66-yard field goal. By the way, I was happy Justin Tucker made the kick because I get is going to be the first field goal kicker since, uh, what is it, Morton Anderson to be in the Hall of Fame. But to me, Tucker's the best kicker of all time, and for him to hold the record is amazing. But how could you not get the stop on fourth And 19, they need 20% of the football field. That was my question, okay? In that game, what was more
2: outrageous? Detroit's defense on 4th and 19, or the officials missing the obvious delay of game?
4: It's, it's unbelievable. Remember, they give, they're give they pretty liberal on the delay game. It's a second to a second and a half. I mean, come on, just make it a hard count at zero. These teams can get the play, and they always seem to manage to get 12 plays in in less than a minute when the clock's up against them. Let they the can't.
2: horn go off like in the NBA. Let the buzzer go off on the shot clock. I agree right? with you. Yeah, absolutely. Or the screen goes red or said something that it's obvious to see when you look at. It. Remember this happened in the wildcard playoff game between the Bills and the Texans a few years ago. Yep. They missed an obvious delay of game that ended up being a crucial conversion. And led to the result of that game. Uh, what did you think of Brandon Staley's decision to go fourth and four with 48 seconds left in a tie game against the Chiefs? Ultimately, became fourth and nine because of uh, because of a penalty
4: instead of kicking the 47-yard field goal to take the lead at that point. I was a little bit surprised by that decision. Um, you know, I, I thought you take the take the points and get the lead there. But hey, give them credit; uh, they end up winning the game in Kansas City. I thought it was a questionable decision,
2: not that I thought it was wrong, but I loved what Staley said after the game. Mm. He said there was a greater chance that we're going to miss that field goal than that the Chiefs could cover Mike Williams on a fourth down play.
4: I I like that (laughs) argument, but, you know, it's kind of like the same thing I would make the argument with the Dolphins. They had the third down and three or third down and four. They run that, like, inside little pass to uh, Mike Kosicki, and then fourth down, they kick a field goal. When they trotted out Sanders for the field goal, Mike, I honestly thought it was about a 40-yard field goal. When an Eagle goes in, it's going to be a 50-yard attempt. I was like, what? I had no idea it was that far. Look, I know these guys can make them, but still a long kick. I thought run the ball two straight plays, you get the first down, you're going to score. The one thing we saw in overtime that was extremely evident, both teams defensively were tired. I thought if you're the Dolphins, run the ball two straight plays, get a first down and 10, and then go down and get the touchdown. And By the way, Jacoby Brissett should just fling the ball. He can throw the ball with some accuracy. He's got tremendous arm strength. Just let it go.
2: Yeah. All right sitting there yesterday watching the games you were texting me we were texting back and forth about several situations you have some thoughts for several of the coaches and players in the league and i want to start out with arizona cardinal head coach cliff kingsbury
4: nick saban you are not stop trying a 68 yard field goal they just had a kickoff return for a touchdown last week for a buckle five i think it was we know this team is inept offensively you're gonna give them a chance against the special teams What is the likelihood? Forget normally speaking, you're not going to have a return goal against you, but we've seen it happen many times. We've seen Hester do it. We've seen Cromartie do it. We've seen all these guys do it. Now you see Jacksonville do it. Why put yourself in that position? It should have been a uh, 21-10 lead. Lambeau misses two extra points. But the reality of it is why are you putting yourself at risk? That three points and the risk of a potential block, or in this case, the return, it's not worth the reward. It's amazing to me how stupid these coaches are. Cliff Kingsbury just absolutely defines the Peter Principle. How is this guy a head coach in the National Football League?
2: I'm watching the game with JVT and Mitch Moss at Bar Canada, and when they got to midfield with three seconds left, they said, oh, good, we're going to get to see Kyler Murray Hail Mary again. I, I never thought they would try Prater outdoors on grass from that distance. It's unbelievable. And I said to Mitch before he kicked it, I said they better know how to defend this return. He said, I said, because he's not going
4: to be able to get it there. You're absolutely right. I said, if
2: you're Arizona, you're better off if he shanks it one way or the other so
4: they can't catch it for a return. You're a million, <laughs> a million percent right. By the way, thanks for the invite yesterday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I invited Paulie at 8 a.m. He said it was too late. Too late of an He, ne- he needs four days' notice.
4: Um, Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin. So, for people that are unaware yesterday, Najee Harris brings the ball down to the Cincinnati four-yard line with a minute and nine to go. First down and goal for Pittsburgh. 3 timeouts remaining. Zach Taylor and Cincinnati with two timeouts. So this I is see, before half. This is before halftime, right? Mm-hmm. I see a timeout. is called. Mind you, it's 7-0 Cincinnati at this point in time. I see a timeout call. I said, okay, makes sense. Zach Taylor called a timeout. You figure Pittsburgh's going to throw the ball more likely than run the ball. They, they haven't had much success running the ball. They decide. Mike Tomlin calls a timeout. I'm like, what the? Are you kidding me right now? This moron calls a timeout. Saves Cincinnati 30-40 to 40 seconds. They score on the next play. Bengals go down and get t- seven points. What they should have done was taken the entire play clock down, called timeout at one on the play clock, would have left you around 29 seconds. You still have two timeouts in your pocket. So you have a run-throw option on two out of the three plays. And the reality of it is if you run the ball, excuse me, throw the ball on first, now you've got two plays, second and third down, where you can run the ball, or you can throw the ball, whatever one you want. This idiot calls a timeout. Bengals go down and get seven. Steelers go three and out. Bengals get the ball back again with a chance to almost add a field goal before halftime. It is unbelievable how stupid this guy is, and he still retains his job, and everyone's content with the Steelers going 9-8. By the way, they're going to have a losing season this year. Let's stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, my God. How is this guy allowed to legally steal this much money? These owners, people say, are smart. You know what you say to Ben Roethlisberger? Here's the deal, man. You suck. We're not keeping you around. Might as well have Dwayne Haskins or Joshua Dobbs or Mason Rudolph, whichever one of these stiffs they have on the bench, have them play. Because you're not winning anything. You're not winning this division with the Browns and Ravens in front of you. You might as well sit there and put yourself in a position to make a draft pick. I don't know who it is you want. You want Matt Corral. You want uh, Sam Howell. Get ready to get a quarterback. Because Ben Roethlisberger can't play. But it goes beyond that. It's his attitude. It's his disposition on the field, Mike. There was a play where he throws the ball right into the ground. And it was funny. Uh, I don't remember who was doing the game. They go, why didn't you just throw it away? Instead, remember, intentional grounding, if it's less than 10 yards, is a 10-yard penalty and a loss of down. The sack would have been five yards on this particular play. There was another play that goes outside of the pocket. I'm sorry, that was the one I confused it with. He should have just thrown it in the stands. He he eats the ball and loses eight yards. And then the interception he threw in the, sec- in the third quarter, he just basically was like throwing the ball up. I mean, he is so bad. It's pathetic. And the worst part I hate in sports is, and I've always had this problem, these players don't play for free. Why do you think you have to be loyal to them at $30 million a year? Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that would show up for $2 million a year. Get rid of him. He sucks. I can't say it any clearer.
2: Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz.
4: This guy can't play, and there's a reason why Philadelphia was smart to move on from this number two pick. They realize this guy's soft. I mean, he, he's, forget the fact that he's injury-prone. He is afraid to stand in the pocket. What makes Brady great, what made Peyton Manning and all these other guys great, Drew Brees, they stand in there, they take the shot to the ribs. Carson Wentz, as soon as he sees somebody get past the offensive lineman, that foot is being thrown, the ball is being thrown off the back foot, and he's getting rid of it. It's its unbelievable how soft he is. This is a good Colts team. I love Naeem Hines. They have some injury concerns, obviously Hilton. Campbell doesn't stay healthy as much. Leonard's been banged up from time to time during his career. But if they get a quarterback with Frank Wright's riverboat style of play, this team can be extremely dangerous, but the quarterback position is their problem. New York Jets head coach Robert Salah. This is brilliant, okay? They get a, a, a turnover, the uh, Broncos, do. There's 240 left in the game. Or, I'm sorry, two, uh, three minutes or so. I'm like, okay, get the first down. Game's going to end, and moving on. They run the ball on first down. Gordon, Gordon gets nine yards. Second down, Teddy gets three yards. First down, we're approaching the two-minute warning. Game's over. It's, I don't know, what was the score? 20 nothing 26 nothing 26 nothing. Okay, so three kneel downs. We're out of here. Robert Salah calls timeout. They, I think he had two timeouts at this point. Calls timeout twice to get the ball
2: back. Yeah, he called his third timeout on the first play after the two-minute warning to get the ball back with 150 to go.
4: Exactly. And so here's the scenario. I get he wants to theoretically build Zach Wilson some confidence, maybe run a two-minute drill. I get that point, but in a 26 nothing game with veterans on that team, Just walk away. Just sometimes eat it. And I've always felt in football, if you're in a game like this, 26-0, as a head coach, part of your job is to protect your players. Don't put anybody at risk of injury. Just get the hell out of here. You're not coming back. Zach Wilson throws an interception. You think this kid's confidence was already lacking? But the best part is I don't remember who intercepted it for Denver. He was trying to run the ball back like they were down six. I love that he got pushed out at the thirty yard line. I mean, he is. Just, I thought he was going to take a knee in the middle of the field. No, he is churning up the field like they were down, trying to get into the end zone. And you think Zach Wilson's confidence is reeling right now? That was a bad flight back. That was a bad coaching decision. Sometimes you've got to cut your loss and did and do it.
2: I thought the twenty six 0 final score was the most unindicative of a game of the whole weekend. This game should have been fifty to nothing. They had zero
4: chance of scoring in this game, the Jets. I texted a friend of mine on the Survivor uh, play, and I said, this is going to be the easiest game anybody has all year. Never. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy. You've got a mobile quarterback who has a tendency to hold on the ball forever. Why are you just having him sit in the pocket with a horrible offensive line? Why don't you draw some waggles and some QB where QB leaves the pocket. I mean, come on, give me a break. Nagy, I- I'll tell you what, I've never seen, this guy is now part of what I call the Patriot Project, where everybody gets a job because they coached under Tom Brady, like Charlie, Charlie Weiss, uh, Romeo Cornell, and Bill O'Brien. Matt Nagy is a product of Patrick Mahomes. Matt Nagy sucks. The Bears should do everyone in Chicago a favor and fire Matt Nagy.
2: This guy's terrible. When we look back on it, will we feel we were too harsh on Trubisky?
4: He's the only guy that has had a winning record with Nagy. You're you're correct on that, but they were moving the pocket a little bit for him. They need to do a better job of that. The thing with Trubisky is I I didn't like the pick, not because he didn't pan out, Mm -hmm. but because he only played one year at North Carolina. You need a quarterback that's got some experience. He played 12 or 13 games at UNC. That was my issue with it. What makes him a great quarterback? Why? Because he's 6'4"? You know, give me Russell Wilson every day over that guy who's 6'4 and who can't play in Mitchell Trubisky. Nagy just doesn't call a good game. He's not yeah. aggressive. The risk isn't worth the reward on certain plays in certain situations. It's unbelievable. To your point, how about some play action? How about a, a bootleg to get field some easy completion? That's what I'm saying. He was six for 20. Well, first of all, every play under underdressed, he was sacked nine times. It was Ferris Bueller all over again. Rooney, come on. And finally, your guy, Daniel Jones. Oh, my God. This guy's unbelievable. He will not throw the ball past 10 yards. I don't know if he thinks the first down marker is the limit on where you're allowed to throw the ball. I mean, because this guy will not throw the ball down the field. They've got guys on the outside that can make plays. They don't know how to utilize them properly. Kadarius Tony's had a couple of catches in the second half. Get him the ball. He is tough to tackle in, in space. They've got, I know they had some injuries in the second half with their receivers, but this is a quarterback you're not going to win with. You cannot win with quarterbacks that are scared to throw the ball. This was a surprising result for me.
2: I really thought that they at home would be able to beat an Atlanta team that's really struggling. They should have. Matt Ryan didn't play well. No, they <laughs> were they were fortunate. He still came away with that game. All right, when we come back, we're going to preview tonight's Eagles-Cowboys games as well as I'll ask them all four burning questions about the NFL.
0: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
3: Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
4: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSN the Sports Betting Network.
2: Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Big matchup in the NFC East tonight. Monday Night Football from Jerry World, Eagles, and Cowboys. Even bigger with the football team and the Giants both losing this weekend. It seems to be this is going to be a two-horse race in this division between these two teams playing tonight. Amal, the number is 3.5 now and 51. We've seen this number sit between 3 and 3.5 and all week. Some places you can still get it at 3. Uh, you're going to lay the juice if you're laying 3. You're going to lay the juice if you're taking 3.5.
4: It's no longer vacillating?
2: N- Today is not vacillating. I vacillate between which, verb, which verbs I use about
4: how the lines are moving. I feel like there's only one verb here at VEASAN, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, you know, look, I look at this matchup. I think this Dallas team has been more impressive than I anticipated coming into the season. We've seen Washington really take a downturn. I think this is the Cowboys' division to lose. We know the Giants are already 0-3. Philly comes in at 1-1. and Important game, division game at home. If you're Dallas and you want to make a uh, run in the NFC East, this is an opportunity to get this game. Washington off to a slow start at 1-2. and so a critical game here for the Cowboys. I think they win this game. Is this a good matchup for Dallas?
2: In that it's not their lack of pass rush doesn't get exploited by this type of a quarterback in
4: Jalen Hurts. I would agree with you. I yeah. think that's a good point because Hurts is actually more dangerous though when you do get a little bit of a pass rush and he gets outside the pocket. I'd rather take my chance of him trying to beat me in man coverage than all of a sudden the play breaks down and everybody starts scrambling. He's very dangerous from that perspective. But uh, I think Dallas's offense is a little bit too much. A lot of people gave Philly too much credit for that win in Atlanta. And let's be real here. The Falcons outside that win yeah. against the Giants are not a particularly overwhelming team. On the opposite side of the spectrum, are the Cowboys flattered by the Chargers win in Kansas City yesterday? No, but, you know, let's go to that for a second. Your guy, Justin Herbert, is funny. My dad called me, goes, he goes, this kid's going to be better than Mahomes in two years. And I said, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But he, he is right there. This kid is unbelievable. To win a road game like that, And and a game they blew a lead and fell behind in the fourth quarter. Well, it's not not just about that. It's just that they were playing from in front because of him. Mahomes had two turnovers. The first interception wasn't his fault. It was a tip ball and a great play by the Chargers. But when you look at um, Justin Herbert, I think he's a guy we're going to talk about in that upper, upper echelon of quarterbacks, and he's putting himself in that conversation already. By the way, none of these five rookie quarterbacks that have been drafted are going to be reminding us of Justin Herbert going into oh, You're you you're, you're getting into my,
2: my questions here oh, on the four, the, the, four burning, the four burning questions. W- one final question. Uh, is Mahomes getting too cool for school? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> He's got a
4: little stuff Curry in him, right? a little too cool for school at uh-huh. times,
2: yeah. Okay, let's get to the uh, four burning questions on the NFL. Number one, which 3-0 and team will miss the playoffs? Raiders, Broncos, Rams, Cardinals,
4: Panthers? Great question. Let's eliminate the Rams. I'm going to still say the Cardinals because they've played Jacksonville. They've played Minnesota. They should have lost on a missed field goal. They did beat Tennessee. I'll give them credit for that game. Um, Broncos have played three teams whose combined record is Mm -hmm. 0-9. Giants, uh, who else have they played? Um, Jets. and uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. (laughs) Yeah, wonderful. (laughs) Panthers, you know, they're off to a fast start. Uh, I don't know if the Panthers I would necessarily put in that category. Again, they Saints bad game, but you mentioned to me yesterday on text you said the Saints, Saints team's going to be around. That defense is good, which I tend to agree with. Look, the Rams, I'm telling you right now, Matthew Stafford, you ever heard of him? I'm just making sure. Yeah, kid from Dallas. That's right, Highland Park High School, <laughs> the Scots. This kid can play. You can see the difference.
2: By the way, I'm going to tell you right now. I thought that game was more about their defense playing back to the level that they had last year.
4: I would agree mm-hmm. with you. And Deshaun Jackson, dude, if you want to stop running at the third yard line, just go ahead and keep running the Long Beach. We don't need you on this team anymore. What's with the Chargers? Do they have a rule you can't return
2: interceptions? Twice in that game they picked. Now, I understand the one time he was at like the two-yard line. Nobody and still did, had time.
4: Nobody was but, around so for a week and a half. North, the court, when he picked it off at the 40, he could have got it back past midfield. By the way, I'm glad the Chiefs offense is not comprised, comprised of a bunch of Damon Arnett's. They actually went and touched him <laughs> yeah, down, yeah. right, instead of yes. uh, you know how he did. I think, Mike, if you look at it, I, I'm going to say Arizona because of the division they're in. I mean, San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams, six games. Boy, they're going to be lucky if they can go two and four. All right, the opposite side of the spectrum, which 0-3
2: team? We'll make the playoffs, if any. Jets, Jags, Colts, Giants,
4: Lions. None of the above. Colts, no shot? No. Nope. This nope. is a, because nope. of Carson Wentz. Nope. He's the detriment to them. This guy, they, you know, look, they were in the game. They covered the teaser number yesterday. But they didn't, you never felt like they were going to win the game. Who's, are the
2: Colts the best of these five teams?
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but. And the Lions, are the Lions the second best? Yes, I mean, yeah. but, they, I mean, you're talking about three other teams that are really bad. Yeah. If you want to mm-hmm. go in order right now. Yeah. You'd have to go, what, uh, Colts, number one, Lions, two, Giants, three. And then I can't figure out. I can't split them. Yeah, I can't either. Between Between Jacksonville and the Jets, I wouldn't want to live on the difference. (laughs) I I, I know
2: that. All right, question three. Will the NFC Championship game and Super Bowl be played on the same field?
4: I'm hoping. (laughs) It's SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles with the Rams. But, look, they got a huge, now it's a big win for them because now they hold the head-to-head against those guys, and I think they play Green Bay in the regular season, Mm -hmm. but I think it's at Lambeau. Um, by the way, how good is Aaron Rodgers? It's just unbelievable. I I could barely watch that game because of all the
2: penalties. I mean, the officiating has become the storyline in so many of these games, and it's dictating outcomes. And and pass interference or no pass interference now makes these games in the NFL. Which way they do? Do they throw the flag or do they not throw the flag?
4: I, I'm completely that's the with only you. thing
2: that ruined an otherwise great game for to me. Where's all the flags?
4: I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Um, You know, I I think you're going to have to go through Los Angeles here, but the division's still going to be very competitive. All right. And finally, is this 2021 class of
2: quarterbacks on the verge of being a bust? Can teams reasonably expect to make the playoffs with a rookie QB?
4: Well, no, because first of all, when you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, chances are you're probably not in a good situation, unless, of course, you are the Green Bay Packers. And then you pick a first-rounder because you don't want to help your Mm -hmm. offense at all. Uh, To me... Way, just think about this for a second. Look at how well Rayshon Slater has played for the Green Bay Packers. Imagine if last year, instead of drafting uh, the kid out of Utah State, got his name right now. Bryce Love? Yeah. Uh, uh, is that his name? No, it's not. Bryce Love was the running back uh, yeah, at Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, sorry. If you took an offensive lineman to help Aaron Rodgers, how good... I mean, he could sit there all day because his accuracy is unbelievable. On the Monday night game, Brian Greasy had the best call ever. He goes, Robert Tanyan didn't catch that ball. He goes, that ball caught him. And to to me, when you look at these other teams, they're The Packers have a bad offensive line. Uh, New England's solid. Probably the best of the bunch of these teams that took a quarterback. Jets, Jaguars. um, Oh, San Francisco's there. But Trey Lance, he's not going to play right. We don't know. We won't know about Trey Lance. Yeah, we won't know about Trey Lance. a year away from being a year away. Yeah, exactly. But
2: so far, uh, Zach Wilson, Fields, um, Trevor Lawrence, and, uh, and Mac the Knife, Mac Jones, all of them have had their struggles, and mightily. It, the problem is... Nothing came easy for the New England offense yesterday. No, it didn't. The, they Every receiver was covered on every route. I mean, it was a struggle to get a first down. You know, he had a 50% completion percentage, but it wasn't because he was inaccurate. The Saints were all
4: over them. I, I know Lombardi's not going to like this line, but I'm going to tell you right now, Peyton was sending Belichick a message. He, he said, if I didn't have that midget, and I had Tom Brady, mm-hmm. because I'm winning Super Bowls too. I've, I've tried to tell <laughs> you for all these years, the difference is Tom Brady. Tell me about how great New England is. They're not doing anything. Listen, Matt Jones is struggling. We can see it early on. Zach Wilson, I still think he's got a chance, but this Jets team is so bad at every position. Their defense is horrible. It wasn't like Teddy Bridgewater was getting stopped. You know he's not taking deep shots. Stop some of the underneath routes. They weren't doing it. The Bears are bad. I still think there's too many question marks surrounding all these teams. It's too early to make a judgment based on three games than any of these quarterbacks. Okay, I want to play the game, would you rather, and about division races. Sure, and tickets...
2: To win divisions. AFC East, no more conversation. Okay. Would you rather have a ticket on the Ravens to win the AFC North at plus 105, the um, <clears throat> the Chiefs to win the AFC West at minus 110, or the Rams to win the
4: NFC West at even money? Well, that's a great question. That's a really good question. I would st- I would rather have the Rams. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'd rather have the Ravens because yeah. the Ravens have to get through one team. Cleveland. they got to get through Cleveland. Okay, would you That's rather have question. the Bucks to win this NFC South at minus
2: 3 dollars or the Bills to win the AFC East at minus 330?
4: I think I already answered that question. Would you
2: rather have the Chargers at plus 350 or the Broncos at plus 275 to win the AFC
4: West? Chargers all day. At a better price too. It, not only better price but look Denver, let's be real here. How many teams would have a 3-0 record with the teams they've played? Everybody but outside that other group of four. Yeah, it's exactly, right? <laughs> Would you rather
2: have the Raiders to win the AFC West at plus 550 or the Cardinals to
4: win the NFC West at plus 450? Raiders. And even though I'm not necessarily a believer in this defense, and the Raiders and Ravens, by the way, you've got to watch every one of their games. They're so entertaining. I, I still think the Cardinals are in such a challenging division because I'm not ready to put Denver up there. The Cardinals, right now, if they're in the AFC West, they're the third best team. I know. I know Russell
2: Wilson's dynamic. But I'm beginning to believe Seattle is not going to be competitive in that division. They just can't stop anybody. They they're can't giving up 450 yards every game. Them all. They
4: are. They're Terrell's struggling. Defensive genius. Well, they don't have the Tell player. Me. Look, the, the problem is when you have a quarterback making 35 to 40 million dollars, you eat up about 20 percent of the cap. And Bobby Wagner is getting older. He's still a terrific player. They just don't have the guys, and they haven't drafted as well as they did in the past. You, by the way, great
2: call on the Vikings. Oh, thanks. You said they're going to win that game straight up. Would you rather have the Panthers to win the NFC South at plus eight fifty or the Bengals to win the AFC North at plus nine dollars?
4: Panthers to win the South because even though the Saints are more dangerous, I think the Ravens and Browns combined are far more are far superior to uh, Tampa combined with New Orleans at this point in time. Would you rather have
2: the Colts to win the AFC South at plus four fifty or the Patriots to win the AFC East at plus five dollars? Great question. I will go with the Colts because that division is still so bad. All right, when we come back, we're going to give out our plays as well as take a look at the circa football contests.
4: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on V the sports betting network. It's
2: 7 1. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, the daily best bet email, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into OnZone. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Moleshaw. Congrats to our friends, uh, Mitch and Paul, and the entire crew on Follow the Money. They debuted live on TV in L.A. today. A little tape delay. They're on 6 to 9, so a two-hour tape delay, but on Spectrum in L.A., so that's quite an achievement for the network and for that show.
4: Yeah, It only took five years for everyone to be able to see the Dodgers out there on that one, so hopefully (laughs) within five years they'll be available to everybody else. All right, let's recap our picks over the
2: weekend and then give our picks for today. Amal, we'll start with you.
4: Yeah, I went 4-3-1. and one. Uh, Teaser with the Colts and the Ravens ended up pushing. NFL ended up doing pretty well. Vikings and Packers getting there. Uh, and then in uh, college football, UCLA did not come through for me. Barely escaped the Ohio State total under 66.5. Winds up at 66. And then... Uh, BC, we see with the win. And then TCU just absolutely could not get a stop to save their life against SMU. It was a memorial parlay. It was a memorial <laughs> it really
2: was. It was dead early. <laughs> I should
4: have known when uh, Britain put the name in there, I
2: was yeah, in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I split out in college. The key play that I had for me live was right. I know you didn't like the fast turf at Jerry World, but I was convinced A&M in Arkansas was going to be an under game. Two big plays, and it was still a dead under yeah. dead under game there. Michigan State... Uh, I don't know if they should have covered that game. I mean, they could have scored in overtime at the at the the one yard line, but they, you know, Nebraska gave them everything they wanted, so that was a loser on that side. I think this game, CBS and CBS Sports didn't do these two teams any favors. Kicking at 10 a.m. in Logan, Utah, that was such a sloppy game between Utah State and Boise. It was it was really hard to watch. I mean, well, there was 600 yards of offense and 10 points at one point in the game. I mean, wow. it was just so many turnovers and missed opportunities. And then in the pros, we hit the teaser. The teaser did well. Uh, Raiders had a big lead, didn't come through. So I think minus a couple units over the weekend. Uh, you have a play tonight for us.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys here at home. Now, I took it at 3.5. You can get it at 3, which is a better number right now. So take a look at that one uh, with the Cowboys minus 3.5 here. I think they win this game, Mike. This is a team that looks like they're trending in the right direction. They they could have easily won that game in Tampa that they lost, just like they could have lost that game easily against the Chargers. So I think Dallas goes to 2-1. and one. And here's the thing in this division, Mike. You look at it. Dallas has a real opportunity to put some distance between themselves and their competitors. Washington one and two, Giants zero three, and you would put Philadelphia at one and two with a division loss. Yeah, I
2: have uh, three baseball plays, but I'm grouping it into two two plays: a parlay and a straight bet. Are you allowed to make baseball picks on Monday? I am. I can't explain them. Uh, now I, I've got a game live here. Uh, you know how I love Cal Quantrill, so I put him in. With Marquez at home, with the Rockies, they're both $1.70. That's a two-team parlay. And then the straight bet, you know, the Mariners are not out of it. They're two games back of the second wild card with six to go. They get Flexin at home here at a cheap price. He's only about $1.10, about $1.12. So those are my plays. We want to give an update on the circuit contest. Um,
4: Survivor, who did you use? And I'm sure you advanced, no matter who you used. <laughs> well, I told you. I said right. nobody should lose this yeah. weekend. It, right. it was a gift. With some of the picks that you used, the Broncos. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I yeah. thought this was the best spot for Denver against the Jets team. So, that's really so. What's interesting about this previous week,
2: the two choices really were Carolina on Thursday against Davis. I, Mills, and I, I already
4: used the Panthers. Oh, okay.
2: And and the Broncos. When you look at when you could ever use those two teams again, it's in the same week later in the year, Week 14. Denver hosts Detroit and Carolina hosts Atlanta. So it was kind of a a situation if you had both available, you picked which one you were going to use there. A
4: couple of factors. Atlanta, the way they're going right now, looks like they're not going to be a playoff team, so that would probably be a good Mm -hmm. spot for Carolina, assuming they're competitive. I think the Panthers probably would be a little bit more advantageous there. Also, though, with the Broncos, you mentioned that game against the Lions. Give Detroit credit. Even though they got worked in the second half in Green Bay, they played a tough San Francisco team. Mike, you got to give Dan Campbell's team some credit. They have been extremely competitive. That was a game they probably should have won, giving up that 4th and 19. If the sack is inbounds on 3rd down, the game is over. Well, the, the the Ravens left a lot of points on the board. I understand At that.
2: At least 13. Tucker missed a field goal earlier yeah. in the game. But I agree with you. The Lions were in position and should have won that game. Very few eliminated. 28 went down with the Giants. 19 with the Chiefs. 12 with the Steelers. A couple with the 49ers. One with the Patriots. One Dolphins. One Jets. One in the Cowboys tonight. Not much of an elimination week. Still sitting with about... Twenty-nine hundred people left. We had a rare phenomena in the millions, in that the same game was in the consensus top five. The yeah. number one pick was the Dolphins. The number four pick was the Raiders. That split out, but the other three picks: Cardinal seven and a half, the Rams plus one and a half, and the Packers plus three and a half, all won. Strong week in the millions, four and one for the consensus. We have wow. one entry that's fifteen and zero after three weeks, wow. sitting in a great position. This is the final week of the first quarter coming up here for that person.
4: How many people are at 14 I and 1? I believe one?
2: there's 10 at 14 and okay, 1. Okay, so they're not out of the clear. Oh, no. no, no,
4: no, yeah, still. But they
2: control their own destiny, right? Sure, of course, yeah, yeah. And you would think if they went 4 and 1, they're probably going to cash. Yeah, if They you, go you, 5 you, and 0, oh, they're the winner outright. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's
4: a great feeling. Right?
2: It is. It is indeed. All right, I'm all uh we did the four burning questions for NFL. I want to ask four burning questions for college. And then we'll get into some of these week, uh, week five lines in college football because I think there's some really interesting ones and some movement that we've had since we opened them yesterday morning. Okay, question number one. Is Arkansas the third best team in the SEC and the
4: country? No, not third best team in the country. Are they the third best team
2: in the SEC or is Florida better?
4: That's what I was thinking yeah. about the Gators. Here's the problem. I, I'm not taking anything away from okay. Arkansas. two wins against Texas and against A&M. But they've played two teams. Remember, when they played against uh, Texas, it was Hudson Card. They have not played a team with a pulse of a quarterback. You, by the way, before you anoint Florida or Arkansas the third-best team in the SEC, there's a team in Oxford that's pretty damn good. They have the best quarterback in the league. Matt Corral is the best quarterback in college football right now. This kid's unbelievable. We'll get into this game.
2: They come off this big win, they, they break their losing streak to AM, and then they have to go to Athens between the hedges. We're gonna find out That's how good you are then. See if J.T. Daniels has a pulse. He doesn't have to have a pulse. He could be dead. That defense is still good enough I, I, along with the running game. I looked
4: up, I think it was like 42 0 in the first quarter against Vanderbilt. What happened there? <laughs> I saw some of the greatest stats I've ever seen over the weekend. Notre Dame, thirty two rushing attempts, three yards. Georgia, eight touchdowns. Vanderbilt, four first downs. Think about that first down. Four second. first downs. Four first downs. Sounds like the Bears. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. The Bears Georgia had six
2: first downs, two by penalty, four that they gained. Wow! All right, question two. Did this past week force you to lower your rating on the top tier of the Big Ten? Iowa trailed at home as a three-plus touchdown favorite to Colorado State at halftime. Wisconsin loses by daylight to Notre Dame at Soldier Field. The boat rower loses as a 31-point favorite at home to Bowling Green. Michigan is badly outplayed in the big house in the second half by Rutgers, and Michigan State needs
4: overtime to take care of Nebraska and East Lansing. Let's, let's start with Iowa. Okay. You know this better than anybody. Yeah. You grew up in that state. You watch Hayden Fry. It's a little bit different. They actually had a pulse on offense. Kirk Ferentz, for 21 years, has given many farmers in that state ulcers for no reason. This guy will—I don't know if his thing is we refuse to get a quarterback that knows to throw, how to throw the forward pass. It is unbelievably pathetic how bad Iowa's offenses have been for decades. This is what Iowa is. They win games 21-17, 24-17. It was a great second-half opportunity on Iowa. They were minus 13, down seven at the break. You had a feeling they'd probably win this game, and you take your chance, and if they don't, they don't. Um, This is what they've always been. That Wisconsin game, the final score is not indicative of it. I'm sure we got some people on this network who will tell you how great Notre Dame is, but they were down 13-10 going into the fourth quarter. The kickoff return put them ahead. Two pick sixes. Let's not overblow it. Wisconsin's defense is still dominant. They gave up three yards rushing. The problem is Graham Mertz is like every other quarterback to come through, uh, come through Madison. That is in Russell Wilson. He can't play. Okay, Minnesota.
2: They you are tell who me we, they're not the top tier of the Big Ten.
4: Well, we, they are who we thought they were. I try to tell you for a long time. One of the biggest challenges when you're an athletic director is when you hire a guy from a mid-major, a Butch Jones, uh, one of these guys like a uh, the boat rower. It's a whole different ball game when you got to start showing up with bags of money to get recruits, and you realize that my three stars are not as good as everybody else's four and five stars. But against Bowling Green, the one thing you got to give them credit, this is a team that couldn't stop anybody last year. Defensively, they've gotten far better. But for this team, without their best player in Ibrahim, they've really struggled. And then also, Bowling Green defensively, as I said, has played better. Minnesota can't lose this game. Question three. Will well, the, I, are you not going to let me talk about Michigan? Well, the Pac-12
2: champion. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about Michigan. As an Ohio State guy, you have that right.
4: No, I'm not. Bi- you, you know me. I'm not, I'm not a biased person. I Look, I still think they're a very good team. Their defense is good. The question for me is McNamara at quarterback. Can they be consistent? And we'll that's find the concern. out against Wisconsin this That's week. exactly,
2: yeah. Uh, question three. Is the Pac-12 champion down to UCLA or the two Oregon schools?
4: Don't discount Arizona State yet. Okay. They play in the Rose Bowl Saturday night. Should be a great game. Uh, probably end about 2.30 in the morning on the East Coast, but it'll still be a terrific football game. Uh, I think you have to – I think Daniels gives them an opportunity. DTR is tremendously mobile, and he'll hit some great throws. But Mike, he misses too many throws that when guys are opening, you can't do that when you get into more competitive matchups against a team like Oregon and against a team like uh, Arizona State. Utah and USC, let's go ahead and eliminate them. I thought those were two teams that would be contenders. Kyle Whittingham's team is just not there right now. And then USC, my God. Oregon State look like the Oregon teams of old moving the ball on the Trojans. Final question. Who's winning the ACC? Well, again, like the National League MVP, they shouldn't allow it there to be a champion. But now I think... Take a look at Virginia Tech could be there. Georgia Tech, is defense has played about well. Wake Forest? Sorry, I forgot about them. Sam Hartman's been terrific. <laughs> they, they have been outstanding. You're absolutely right. By the way, I'm surprised this line with the Miami Hurricanes is three and a half. That's a little bit short because Virginia can't stop anybody.
2: No, not at all. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at week five lines in college football. And Amal will tell us, are they wild or are they right?
0: zigazoo the world's largest social network for kids (laughs) download the zigazoo app today
3: from football playoffs to basketball madness
4: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSend, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to rivers.com Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Bill with play in New Jersey must be 21. Gambling problem Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1 800 gambler. Indiana 1 800 9 with it. Colorado 1 800 522 4700. Michigan 1 800 270 7117. Virginia 1 888 532 And Iowa call 1 800 bets off.
2: Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Let's go through the college football lines for week number five of Amal. And we'll start on Thursday night in South Florida. Miami mm-hmm. fails to cover as nine-point favorite against Appalachian State, then loses outright at home as a six-point favorite against Michigan State. They host the Wahoos. Bronco Mendon Hall and the boys come down to South Florida Thursday night. Miami, a three-and-a-half-point favorite and a total of 62. Is this wild or is this right? Well, what's the margin you're giving on the line to be wild or right? Well, I think if it's
4: under a touchdown, it's a point, and if it's over a touchdown, it's a point and a half. I would say it's a little bit wild. I still think Miami should be about a six-point favorite here. Virginia. Their pass defense is horrible. If De'Arcy King thinks he's as good as he is, and I love these people that signed him up for the NIL, my God! If you're yeah. giving him a deal, you should be giving everybody in college football a deal. I still think Miami finds a way. This is a kind of a season-changing game for them, Mike. Mike if they lose this game, I think Manny Diaz is done in South Florida. It may not be after this game, but it's going to be fairly soon, at least at, at the end of the season, at the very worst. This is their—I know they played in Atlanta, but it was considered their home game
2: fourth actual home game in a row here. Do they have some sort of a thing where they don't don't travel out of South Florida? They played in Atlanta, then they hosted App State, then they hosted Michigan State, then they hosted Central Connecticut, and now they host Virginia.
4: Well, I mean, would you rather be in South
2: Florida or would you rather go to Charlottesville? I don't know. I I wouldn't want to take that show on the road, I'll tell you that. Friday, what a a big matchup Friday in the Big Ten, I think, and, and a really tricky spot for Iowa. They have Penn State coming to Kennick next week, but first Friday, they have to go and play Maryland. This number opened four. It's now down to three, four still in some places with a total of 46 and a half. Is this a trap spot
4: for Iowa? Uh, I don't feel it is. I mean, look, it's a ro- conference road game. You got five of them. You got to play them. Uh, I think this is a good matchup for them. Maryland is not tremendous defensively. I think the Hawkeyes can slow them down. We saw Illinois give Maryland's offensive problems. Uh, I think Iowa should be able to win this game. If you can get it at three, I think it's a great number. The, you know, Iowa, I don't know if there's a team in college football that is worse to lay points within the Hawkeyes. You just shouldn't lay them with them. Yeah, you got to bet them in games that yeah. are one-score margins. Absolutely. I mean, I took I, Colorado State in-game at plus 21.5 in that spot after both teams punted twice. <laughs> but by the way, Kirk Ferens reminds me of Bruce Weber when he was at Illinois and, and, and Kansas State. What, what, like What's the goal? What's the recruiting pitch? Hey, you come to K-State, you can average nine points a game. What's the goal? Come to Iowa. Every game we play is going to be close. You're going to be able to run the ball 20 times for about 46 yards. We're going to make sure your family's having a heart attack watching every one of our games. I mean, my God, get into the 21st century. You know, what makes Nick Saban so great is it's not that he's got great talent, he's a great recruiter, but he went from being a run-first coach to a pass-first and win-dominating the game through the air. And Kirk Ferentz has never been able to adjust. And that's why I've called for this guy's head for many years. He's, he's a terrible coach. Hayden Fry was a far better coach than Kirk Ferentz has ever been. On that Fry staff,
2: on that Fry staff of the mid-80s, you had Barry. I, wa- I want you to rank these coaches. Okay? i got to give them to you all. Barry you Alvarez is number one. You had Bob Stoops, Bill Snyder, Barry Alvarez, Kurt Ferentz. Uh, who else? Uh, Brett Bielema. I mean, the coaching tree for Hayden Fry is very impressive.
4: Uh, Norvell was on it. Jay, Norvell Jay Norvell in Norvell. Nevada. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's one other coach. I'm you leaving. put Alvarez number one. Put Alvarez slightly Stoops number one. Stoops two. Stoops two for Bill Snyder coaching. third. Yeah. Now you can make the argument Snyder's a little bit ahead of Stoops because even though Stoops took over for John Blake and it was a terrible program. And I think Bob Stoops is a, a very good coach. Mm-hmm. Kansas State was terrible. They, I mean, they were everybody's homecoming game. I mean, people were having homecoming in September because Kansas State was on the schedule. They were were a terrible program. He turned that thing around. Remember uh, Michael uh, Bishop? Thank you. I wasn't coming up with the last name. Um, He was the guy that got that team. They were number one in the country at one point. And then, of course, Barry Alvarez won three Rose Bowls, had a tremendous run. And by the way, one of the best bowl coaches to bet on. Mike, one of my all-time favorite top five bets of all time. They were playing Auburn in a bowl game. They were catching 10 in Barry's last game. Are you kidding me? We didn't know Barry would try and come down every year during a some scrub game and try and get a win on his uh, stats, but he he was tremendous there.
2: Utah State keeps being on TV. After Saturday morning, there'll be a TV game on Friday night. They are hosting BYU. Utah State got beat by Boise. BYU just keeps covering every week. This number,
4: the Cougars are laying eight and a half on the road. Them all is this wild or right? I think the number is correct, similar to what we saw. It's coming down a little bit now. Remember, this is an uh, in-state rivalry. This game up in Logan. I think BYU is coming ready to play. Now they blew the second half the the total I mean, excuse me, the spread in this game in the second half against South Florida. But I still think the Cougars are a far better team than I anticipated coming into the season. I thought there was gonna be a drop off, but they have not really skipped a beat. And give Kalani Sataki a ton of credit. His team has played really well.
2: Boat Rowers and the Minnesota Gophers go to West Lafayette to take on Purdue off their scintillating thirteen to nine victory over Illinois. Purdue is a two point home favorite here in all. Wilder right. What's the total? We, 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 we'll pull the screen here, but two, two for a side.
4: I think this number's right. 47 looking, and a half. The total is too high. <laughs> I'm serious <Yeah>. because <laughs> Purdue can't move the football. They are captain-checked down there with Plummer at quarterback. Their defense is solid. They did a really nice job against the Illini, and I feel the same way about Minnesota. Tanner Morgan not terrific in terms of throwing the football. I feel like this is one of those games you hope somebody scores first. You get a six and a half, seven and a half on an in game, and you take it. All right, we talked about Arkansas. They're going to Athens between the hedges here. Take on one of the oh, big boys. Hold on, boys. don't tell me. 11. 18. Oh, too many. Come on. You'll take many. them? Take them? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like 12, 13 maybe. You've got to give the Razorbacks some credit. I mean, come on, 18? I think that uh, nobody has been able to run the
2: ball in Arkansas. So I think they can make, I think they can make JT Daniels have to throw the ball thirty team 30 times. And, uh, and I think it's too much in a, in a game where it totals 48-and-a-half. You can get 18-and-a-half right now at DraftKings.
4: You, you know, the one thing I told you, and I still stand by this statement, Georgia's got a terrific defense. But I think Clemson still has a better defense than Georgia. The problem is, for Clemson, they're going three and out in every possession. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean King here called it on our network. He said this is the year Davo gets exposed, and he's absolutely right. Now, they've had some injuries. Shipley's going to be out for the year the tailback. And by the way, they were talking about Travion Henderson and Shipley as the best running backs in high school. But what are you kidding me? Who's making these rankings? Will Shipley's dad? That's not even close. Henderson's an absolute stud at Ohio State. Shipley's nothing. Uh, Brian Brzee is out now for the year with a torn ACL for Clemson. When I look at this matchup, don't give Georgia as much credit for that Clemson win because we're starting to see what they are. Struggle against Georgia Tech. Lose against uh, NC State. Should have lost in regulation. 18 and a half for the Razorbacks playing with all the momentum in the world. And I'll tell you, Sam Pittman, remember he was at Georgia before he came to Arkansas. A terrific defensive coach. He's the one who exposed Mike Leach after LSU gave up 1,000 yards. I think 18 and a half is way too many points. Give KJ Jefferson credit. They hit some plays against a defense that's comparable to what they'll see.
2: Sark and the boys go to Amon Carter Stadium to take on TCU off their loss to SMU. Texas crushed Texas Tech. The game flew over. It was almost over at halftime. Is lane four here in this bottom all? Is yeah. this
4: wild or right? Uh, this one, uh, by the way, you almost threw me off. Uh, it, the uh, horns are an Almond Carter, huh? Yeah. Uh, as long as Sark doesn't hit the parking lot before the game, they should be okay in this one because uh, Gary Patterson's defense is not stopping anybody right now. And I like the way Casey Thompson's playing. I'd say what I was watching this game, Mike, B. John Robinson, to me, and I know Johnson, Roscoe Johnson was outstanding, but B. John Robinson is the best running back in college football. For me, it's not even close. I mean, this kid. I think he, this number's short. I think it's too low. But well, TCU's had a ton of success against this team. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd, lay, I'd lay this four or five
2: here with Texas in this spot. Patterson's going to have to show me something. I don't
4: disagree with you. Um, Texas Max, is going to score 40 in this game. Yeah, by the way, I thought the total was too low. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> TCU's going to score points too. All right. Um, <clears throat> Michigan has to go on the
2: road and play Wisconsin this week. They are favored by one at Camp
4: Randall. Wild. Badger mm-hmm. should still be a three-point home favorite. Look, the one thing that's a problem in sports, even when Notre Dame's down in football or Duke's down in college basketball, Michigan same way, you're going to get everybody's best shot. Mich- Wisconsin, uh, this is going to be a tough one on the total. You're telling me Michigan's a 10-point favorite to Notre Dame? That's my point. I mean, Wisconsin was
2: laying six on a neutral to Notre Dame. They'd be, they'd be getting four from Michigan. Michigan going to lay 10 to, to Notre Dame at Soldier Field? That's, yeah, I, mean, I agree with you there. Uh, I want to hit this game... Um, it's out of order, we'll get to the rest, but just because there's been tremendous movement here, you make the number. Your boy, the lane train, and Matt Corral go to Tuscaloosa. What is Alabama favored by?
4: Well, I assume the opener was 14, 14 and a half. The
2: opener was 20. Bet down to 14. Okay,
4: there you go. I I mean, 20. Alabama's not stopping anybody. They got injuries at the linebacker positions. Job has been injured a little bit. Matt Corral, you got to see this kid play. Another Southern California car- uh, quarterback, by the way, USC. Are you upset you didn't grab up the twenty here yesterday? I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't <laughs> know. I didn't know if it was. T- it was twenty here. here yeah, we okay. opened it. Okay, got it. Yeah, twenty. I- we opened it twenty and seventy-eight. It went up
2: to eighty-two, came back down to seventy-eight, but it went down, down, down to fourteen.
4: Both these offenses are going to fly on these defenses. Stay tuned
2: to Visa. And up next, betting across
4: America.
3: Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.